0: Welcome to the self-proclaimed second best podcast of the A7FL. This is the A7FL Other Side of the Ball. My name is Casey Cox, the host of this podcast. Alongside me, the division owner of Nevada, as always, Double D, Derek Duncan. How are you doing tonight?
1: What's up? What's up? I am doing very well. I had a little funkiness this morning when I woke up. I had uh, either a hair or a bug or something that crawled into my right eye. and I was dealing with craziness all day, but... I had three people that weren't in the office this morning, so I had to go in and tough it out, and now I'm good. Just got a little bit of a runny nose, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, slight, slightly down, 92%, ready to rock. How about you, buddy?
0: I am doing excellent and great now that all the internet issues and technical difficulties are out of the way. Um, we have had storms for probably the last 12 hours here in New Mexico, so... Uh, Internet's been in and out. So finally, glad the storms have stopped just in time for the podcast tonight.
1: Well, God loves football.
0: Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does.
1: And that that giggling voice in the background, who we got there, Kelly, uh, Casey?
0: That is division manager Kelly Hurst. How are you doing tonight, Kelly?
2: I am very well. Thank you for asking. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Doing good. Good. And then our other guest of the night is Dario Herrera, the guy over marketing in Nevada. How are you doing tonight Dario?
3: You know, I'm going to spare you the health record and rundown. <laughs> I'm damn glad to be here and I can't wait to talk football and you know to 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 just take a moment to say, you know, what Derek is doing is incredible. And the vision that he has, his ability to execute how it all started the product on the field, the product on TV, the product on social media, how players are rallying behind it, how their families, supporters, followers are rallying behind it. I mean, I, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else right now except maybe playing a 7-FL Nevada football.
1: That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably going to hold you to that, Dar. I'm, you, I, <laughs> no I'm doubt. you out as a quarterback quite a bit. We'll see if no anybody doubt. latches on. No they, they'd be stupid not to, let me tell you. <laughs> So, uh, before we uh, ask you guys to tell you a little bit about yourself, I'm just gonna uh, kind of recap how you guys came to the A7FL for me, and then Casey's got some questions for you guys about you know what brought you to the league besides you know my reaching out and those things. So, so my relate. Let's start with Kelly because my relationship with Kelly is as long as her tenure with with the A7FL. I was. Hearing Donnie Budak, the coach from the Insomniacs, talk about this wonderful lady he calls his sister, uh, but she's entirely too pretty to be his sister, and <laughs> and uh, he's just telling me, "Man, this this girl just knows football. She's a rock star. You need to talk to her. Need to talk to her. Need to talk to her." I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll talk to her. What, what's she gonna do?" And he's like, "Whatever you needed to do." I said, "Okay." So finally, we had the division manager position kind of come free after the off after the when we started in the off season. I said, "You know what?" now's the time for me to reach out and see what this Kelly girl is about. And uh, to, to your, uh, to, to, I guess, to my benefit and to to speak to your capabilities, Kelly, you've been an absolute rock star for us. So thank you. Thank you for that. So Kelly comes to us from a referral from the insomniacs. My story with Dario is a long and storied one. Uh, Dario was one of the first quarterbacks I ever played against uh, at a high level. What we called the A or the the higher division within flag football back, Dario, we talking late nineties, right? Late nineties, early two thousands. So I was a B player when I first started in this in the league. We competed for a championship our first season, and uh, you know the guys that we were playing with, some of them played on an A squad, and they invited me up to play A. But instead of having me be the quarterback, I played defensive end, and. The very first time we played Dario and the Falcons, he came around the edge and I broke down to grab his flag. And Dario forgot we were playing flag football and ran my punk ass over. <laughs> and then stood over me talking shit. His boys
0: <laughs> had to grab him and pull him back like, no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. And, and at, but
1: at, the, the funny thing was after that game, we looked at each other. And we're like, okay, you're the real deal. You're the real deal we're good. And we've been, you know, associates and very friendly since then, but our friendship blossomed over football over the course of the 10 to 15 years over social media, staying in touch. We ran in some of the same circles outside of football. And then when the uh, opportunity came where someone sent a message to me via Instagram that said, Hey, we can get your Instagram followers up to 10,000 or something like that. Daryl reached out and goes, don't you dare do that. Come talk to me. Let me show you how to do this the right way. And then through that conversation, he's like, dude, just hire me to do your marketing. This is stupid. And I said, okay.
3: <laughs>
1: that sound pretty, I pretty fair, Dario. you
3: on that play, Derek, or no?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
3: did? All
1: right. Uh, you know I was a flag grabber. <laughs> That's why I was talking trash,
3: because normally guys that run over didn't pull the flag, so.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to absorb the hit so I can make sure I got two hands <laughs> on the flags. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, uh, Casey, you had some uh, deeper questions you, you wanted to ask them that were uh, kind of more holistically involved about their thoughts coming into the league, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I kind of want to start with Dario because he's over the marketing. I kind of want to get your background, um, how you got started in marketing to begin with and then how that led you into the A7FL with meeting up with Derek Duncan and becoming the marketing over Nevada
3: Yeah, I feel like I've been in marketing my entire life and started probably when I ran for office at a young age in Nevada, I was 22, I ran for the state legislature and I did most of my own stuff, wrote all my content for the most part and, you know, I had to market myself and same when I ran for the county commission and professionally, I've been doing marketing, I would say since 1997. So that tells you how old I am a little bit. Uh, I know there's no video, but if you saw my grade, <laughs> you know that it matches, you know, up pretty good. you know, I started really kind of expanding into digital branding and marketing in 2010 when I had the opportunity through a former relationship to work with Pitbull, the music superstar, and worked with him, that led to another opportunity, that led to working with Daughtry, that led to working with Little Wayne to help him build Truck Fit, that led to working with the brand that was built as a legacy to Notorious B.I.G., which is Invisible Fully, that led to working with the American Music Awards, the Guggenheim, the Clark Productions, and pretty much every major music label in the country, and, and what's exciting to me about this opportunity is that the A7FL has the same components of those kinds of clients. They're substantive and entertaining. And they speak to a huge segment of America that wants authenticity, that wants something real, doesn't want something overly produced or phony, and and that's what I felt about the A7FL. And after I talked to Derek about it, when I reached out to him and learned more about what he was doing and his vision for it, I had to sign up and 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 really work with him and the entire team to help this grow and and give it the eyeballs it deserves.
0: Absolutely. And um. Well,
1: you know, before fans- you before before you go away, I just want to. So, Dario, you said in '97. You didn't have as much gray hair, and there was no video, and I think that's because video didn't actually come out until after you started playing.
3: <laughs> that's probably true. Listen, there was no social media, or a lot of people would have been embarrassed, by right. yeah. say, including <laughs> me. Sometimes, you know, because I've been known to pitch a fit uh, here and there and and do my thing out there. So, I think probably for the benefit of my reputation, and that's <laughs> taken hits over the years. Uh, it's a blessing that social media didn't exist when I played five football back then.
1: Yeah, I, could you imagine the, I guess, viral videos that would have occurred on some of those games on some of those nights when yeah, I, I tell people about what our flag league used to be in the late 90s, right? It was one of league. the most... Yeah, our flag, yeah, league. It, our flag <laughs> league. It was full contact flag, but beyond what people would even play now. The smash mouth flag guys, the, the, like... It was, as long as you weren't elbowing somebody or punching someone, everything else was good to go. And, and everybody knew it. Everybody loved it. We welcomed the, we, we we seek the contact. We weren't trying to run around anybody. We were trying to go through people as Dario did to me. And it, it made for a fantastic environment where people, you know, if you actually get that, the machismo out and you get to use it, you don't want to fight as much. If somebody runs you over, you're like, okay, I got you. I'll get you next time. Whereas if someone does it when it's not full contact, you're like, whoa, that's not part of this game, bro. What are you doing? And it starts it starts fights. And I think that that same energy is what makes the A7FL so much better and why we have so few altercations on the field for players, because everybody are, is getting that machismo out on every single play.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. From what All I have right, seen so- as a from a broadcast standpoint, I would agree with that absolutely.
1: All right. So Casey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step all Um, over you, but I I had to get there.
0: (laughs) Oh no, that's, that's, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, But you know, people, fans, let's say here that Dario is over marketing. Uh, Dario, can you give us kind of a day in the life of Dario doing marketing, what that entails, what that looks like for you? And has that to piggyback off that has that gotten busier for you as this league has developed and become, or this division has become bigger.
3: You know, day in the life is, is interesting because every day is different and every day comes a new opportunity to tell a story uh, to a different audience, maybe from a different perspective, but without divulging uh, a major project we're working on now, for example, you know, I got the opportunity to work with Derek and Kelly to build a deck to present uh, to some very smart people who have a lot of access to events in Las Vegas, Nevada, and really the state of Nevada as a whole that can broadcast this nationally to basically combine the power of music and football, in particular, A7FL and indoor football, and put a concert around that to get some visibility and attract you know, people to the game and, of course, to, to music. There's a huge intersection between football and music, always have been, always will be. So you know, that's one example. Uh, you know Helping some of the new teams work on their branding, their logos, for example, is another thing that we've been working on lately. And we've got a couple of cool things to help unveil over the next couple of days, you know, obviously monitoring conversations on social media and, and really what what's, what's been awesome to see is how this stuff kind of feeds itself organically. You know, a lot of clients that I work with, you know, we got to spend a ton of money on paid media to get people to talk about it, to get them excited, to get them engaged, to, to reach them. Here, we don't have that challenge. Here, you know, people are genuinely excited to participate in the product. People are genuinely excited when they see the product, it meets its promise uh, clearly. And it's just a matter of getting, you know, more people to have visibility into what A7FL football is. And, And so that's basically my day to day. It's different every day. Some days it can be high level strategic. Other days it's talking shit on Twitter. And other days it's creating graphics, you know, and, and, and on some days it's, it's doing whatever Derek tells me to do. And sometimes talking, talking him in, out of stuff, you know, that he wants to, do, <laughs> you know, so uh, every day is different and I welcome every opportunity. And, and the more I learn about, you know, not just the, the, stand, the the brand of football and the style of football, but the people involved, the coaches, the managers, the team owners, the players, you know, the players' families. There's a lot of interesting stories here, a lot of interesting people, real people, human beings who work for a living, who love football, and they're chasing that dream. And the A7FL is giving them a platform to do that and entertaining people along the way.
0: That was a hell of an answer. Absolutely. Yes, that was. That was hell of an answer and, and awesome. I love it. Um, he's, he's he's taking kind of a good lot example. of
2: what I have to say already. Like, no fair, Dario. You're like, <laughs> right. it's Hey, a-
0: they asked me the question first, Kelly. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: Name Casey. <laughs> Name the white guy.
0: i love it (laughs) absolutely i'm (laughs) just gonna talk
2: it up to age before beauty and then that way we can get away (laughs) with it (laughs) (laughs) right
0: (laughs) right (laughs) and and dario before before i get off you and go over to kelly i will say um i've seen you and i've seen Corey hammond i don't know who has more gray hair you or Corey hammonds but i think Corey (laughs) hammonds may have more gray hair than you yeah
1: cory's got it up top dario's got it in the beard yeah i was like me yeah the, the silver fox down below and uh Corey's pepper gray like frost
3: you don't know me tips. Off, Eric. I mean come on. <laughs> what let's, I don't know below the, the below
1: the belt bro Not below. Yeah, the belt. <laughs>
3: let's,
0: keep it, let's keep it above the belt bro come on yeah, I only have right. to throw I only have to throw that in come on guys <laughs> <laughs> I only
2: oh, have to Lord. throw that
0: jab in there because Corey did say that he does listen and has been listening and loves what we're doing over here so I had to throw a little jab at Corey I actually got to talk to him on the phone the other day and he's, he's a very great guy. Had a very, uh, had an intelligent conversation, had a lot to say about me, had a lot of input to help me out. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great conversation and I'm glad that I got that connection finally as well.
1: Yeah. He's a special cat.
0: Yes, he is. And so now we're going to go over to Kelly, the division manager, um, Kelly Hurst, give us a little bit about your background and what brought you into the A7FL.
2: Um, well, coach Donnie, um, of the insomniacs is we've been longtime friends. We've worked together on a couple different football projects. Um, and he, oddly enough, uh, somebody had hit me up on LinkedIn asking me about a seven, telling me about the league that they were looking for managers. And this was quite some time ago. And I took it to Donnie and I said, Hey, have you heard about this? And he said, no. And within three months, he he's with the insomniacs. And I'm like, dude, this is the same thing I brought to you. And he's like, Oh no, this (laughs) this is different. This is different. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, no, no, it's different because it's going to be done. Right. And I thought and Donnie and I are very honest with, I would say painfully honest with one another on certain things and football is one of them. And so I just kind of sat back and watched and, and as He would share with me one thing I loved about the A7, even as a spectator, is kind of like touching on what Dario said, is that we're delivering to the athletes and to the families and to the fans exactly what we say we're going to. So ultimately, after the season ended, Donnie's like, I-, I have to figure out a way to get you here. This is the real thing. And, and so that's kind of ultimately what drew me into the division. Um, as a fan, I was watching kind of all along. It's, it's funny how it comes full circle. Um, Mark Cooper was he and I have been friends for some time on Facebook. And so I had been watching a seven with him and watching him as he was playing. And so I knew a little bit about the league. I had, I just didn't really realize it was coming out West.
1: So real quick so for then, everyone in the group who doesn't know Mark Cooper, Mark Cooper is formerly of the Orlando ghost, the Florida division who has signed with the insomniacs and is coming to Vegas.
2: Right. Yep, so I, I thought that was, yep. it was amazing for me to see it come full circle, which even, told me more so I'm in the right place to be um, for so many reasons.
1: So, Kelly, what you didn't touch on was your football pedigree and background. That's kind of what I was hoping would okay. come out of that. Like, <laughs> obviously, and thank you for sharing what brought you to the A7FL, but
0: absolutely, what, what
1: brought us to you was your resume and your uh, beyond your capabilities, what you had already done before we even found you.
2: So way back in 2002, um, I had, uh, been introduced to minor leagues, semi-pro, whatever you want to call it, 11-man ball. Back and- when Dario
1: well, had black hair. <laughs> <laughs> My
3: hair oh, is a little black. My beard is <laughs> <bad. laughs>
0: Um,
2: and so I was, I, I kind of ran the, the, you know, I, I was a fan. I, I would volunteer, I would do different things. And eventually I was, um, approached by a, a coach. And he said, I am not going to have a team unless you're my manager. And I said, why? He's like, cause I see what you do as a volunteer. You need to do this or I'm not going to do it. And I said, okay. And he goes, just come out to our practice and see what's up. So I very naively show up to practice and he turns around and he says, hey guys, here's our new manager, Kelly. And I was like, you did not do this to me. Well, I stuck with it. Um, ultimately, uh, kind of bounced around in management on teams, was given an ownership, uh, opportunity in a team as partners that was not for me because I like certain things run certain ways. And so I was given by that very same coach an opportunity to own my own team, um, which was the California sharks um and i was able to in two and a half seasons well two and a half years so it was actually three seasons because we did two fall one spring we picked up a championship ultimately we went to eight man so i've kind of toyed around with some eight man um i've managed women's football um and so i've i've kind of done a variety of different things everything from volunteer to ownership to paying bills to taping up players to Getting sponsors. I mean, I've kind of been all over the board as far as what hat to wear. The only thing I've never done is coached, and the only thing I've never done is played because I have about um, zero athletic ability. Um, But I just was able to kind of, I took it on as a business. I looked at it as a business, and eventually that landed my team the opportunity to play at AT ATT Stadium. And in 2019, the Sharks were able to play, unfortunately, in Cowboy Stadium because I'm not a Cowboy fan. But nonetheless, we were able to play in front of the couple of CFL scouts, IFL scouts, and so it's just been a labor of love, working from you know picking up trash and and, and picking up tape and doing all the all the way through, um, sending out film for guys, talking to scouts, holding combines. It's it's been a that's been also a full circle.
1: Thank you. That's what I wanted everybody here, but you <laughs> left you left out one little piece. What, what is your, what is your affiliation with the CFL?
2: I am in the process of becoming a um, certified player agent and technically they don't call it a player agent, but that's what we call it here. I just need to finish. Uh, I actually just need to take my test. Um, and so I, that's what I will be on that side. But on the other side, I have a variety of different relationships with a couple teams, most strongly with the BC Lions. Um, but here shortly, we'll be able to actually take players and discuss contracts and do different things with the CFL for our guys.
1: There's the bomb drop I was looking for. Thank you very much. Awesome.
0: That is awesome. (laughs) Every time we come on this podcast, it's new affiliations, new friendships, new partnerships that we're trying to develop that's just helping this division grow, and I love it every time I hear it.
1: And the last three podcasts we've done, there's been three bombs drop, and that's the first one so far. So I wonder what the other two will yep. be tonight. <laughs> so, Casey, is that all you got, or you got more in the can, buddy? Or, or, or um, my... What do you have for him, Derek? All
0: right. So, uh,
1: sticking with you, Kelly, let, let's talk about uh, how things are going for you uh, as a division manager. Uh, what has been I guess, the toughest task for you uh, that you're able to share on air without getting yourself in financial trouble?
2: <laughs> so I would say there's, there's two pieces, but they're almost ultimately in a way that kind of relate to one another, is that in the past, and it's not specifically related to Nevada, but in a lot of minor league football, there's not always been, let's say... I don't want to say that there's been bad business, but there's not necessarily been the best business practices. And so, coming in with a division and an owner and a league that not only prides himself personally in his professional life, but also here on this side of his life in football, it's very, I get a little bit of resistance sometimes because people are leery of uh, an alternative pro sport, a minor league sport, developmental sport, just because of, you know, maybe bad things they've heard or maybe things that they've experienced. Um, the good part is is that there is a track record. There is support to be able to kind of combat whatever may have been out there from, could be years ago, could be recent, and it could be just things that people have in their head, but nonetheless, um, it can, there's a little bit of pushback sometimes, but I'm armed with really great tools because the league is doing what it says it's going to do. So that would be one side that comes with a little bit of stress, if you will. Um, And the other side is kind of retraining the minds that this is not maybe football they've had before. And if that be coaches, if that be players, um, because the standards are here um, and the standards are kept high and the standards are that of a professional organization and so sometimes the retraining process takes a little bit longer because we've all gotten into habits um and so i think those are probably and they're basically the same thing it's just date one relating on the you know facility side or or maybe dealing with um sponsors stuff like that and then the other side of the coin would be coaches players um kind of the same topic though
1: so but- I understand the processes that you're talking about, the retraining the mind, because it's the my experience with semi pro is the the goal was the goal that they were trying to reach for all the leagues that I was involved in was not perfection, it was good enough, right? So good enough is good enough, and as long as we've got this good enough, it we'll, we'll be fine. What I've noticed within the a set within the A7FL before I even got involved is. They understand good enough is going to get them through the day, but their aspirations are to be, to lift the level, to be perfect. And exactly what the fan experience wants to be exactly what the player experience wants to be exactly what the family experience coach experience, like they're always pushing towards being better. We're good enough is never good enough except for to get us through today.
2: Well, and what Absolutely. I, what, not, sorry, sorry, kids, you didn't mean to cut you off there. What, what I have experienced also is that, the semi-pro minor league developmental, like whatever label they're putting on it now is sold to the players or to the sponsors or to the fields or, you know, what have you, that it's going to be that good enough over the top. You're going to get looks, you're going to get these things. And in reality, behind the scenes, that's where the division is of, okay, no, it's just good enough. We just need to chase this ring. And so I think that's where that kind of Disconnection comes when you are actually really talking to professional people. They've really been sold that the same story. The difference is is we're actually delivering it with standards of players who are better than good enough.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I I guess I hadn't thought it like that. that, That's pretty cool. So, uh, I was going to say from a
0: broad. I was going to say from a a broadcaster standpoint, you know, I've seen, and even a fan standpoint, I've seen some of these other semi-pro leagues that, you know, we talk about that have been, you know, their goal seems to be just to be good enough. And their players, also, their goal seems to be just to be good enough. They don't really seem to want to become more talented. They don't want to seem to become better. They're just more about well, here's my 30 minutes or here's my hour of fame on TV. Let's show off as big as we can. Whereas our guys are going out and showing off by showing their talent, not by trying to make big hits and big moves and big plays. They're they're letting their talent show off for them instead of their personalities.
2: And and I I want to make a point here that I think is really, though, important. Semi-pro is a necessity for some players. you know semi-pro ball has saved guys lives because it gives them an outlet it gives them a place to be once or twice a week to be with their friends and they're not you know getting into toxic behaviors they're not getting into these things so I really believe that recreational ball has a place I see the value in it that's where my fandom started if you will Um, that's where I learned the ins and outs. So I don't want to take anything away from semi-pro on that side. I really believe that recreational ball for some of these young men and, and these older men as well. And the women, I mean, I love women's football. Trust me. I'm a huge fan of women's tackle football. So I see the therapy side in it for some of them. I just wish on the administrative side that it wasn't convoluted kind of the way it is and if everybody goes in knowing we're doing rec ball and it's it's um good it's to be good enough and just keep you out of trouble and and do these things then if we could get that on both sides admin and on the field that would be the best but I really want to give value to the teams that give these guys an outlet and like I say I know many people who've been on a football field rather than running the streets And maybe the game they showed up to that night saved their life. So I, I I really want to take note to that as well.
1: Yeah. I definitely don't want to take away from that. Let's not get it twisted. There, there is a place (laughs) for the player within our league, within every league, which is the steady Eddie, the guy that just shows up to practice every week. He's there to do a job. He's not trying to elevate his game, not trying to make a league. He's there to blow off some sting, hang with his boys, maybe win a game, have a good time. And, and that's the extent of it. And, Those people people are just as valuable to our league and to minor league and rec and semi-pro and and as an absolute necessity. So I don't want to make sure we're not twisting the things. I'm just saying (laughs) the semi-pro brand, to Kelly's point, a lot of times it's rec, but they're billing it as semi-pro. And that's where lines get blurred and people who are trying to make a name for themselves are stuck in a level with people who are not. And because they're, they're labeling it improperly, it causes some angst within, within their organization, within their teams.
3: Plus, the other part, there's already a league that plays tackle football that's on TV and generates excitement, and that's the NFL. <laughs> you know, right. what's great about the A7FL is there's no other non-padded tackle football anywhere. Exactly, I mean, except, yeah. except for rugby, but it's not American football, right? It's the game we grew up
0: playing. You know exactly. Even I grew up playing it on the elementary playground. I mean, flags, thats what I love about it.
3: high school football, there was pickup ball and pickup ball. In, in my neighborhood, we had basically two-hand touch on the street, and we had this strip of grass that was pushed up against a fence that encroached on this German lady's house. Her name was Frida. And, and she did not like us playing there, but we knew her schedule for her nap. We knew her schedule for her grocery shopping. So yeah. when she was either napping or grocery shopping, we were playing tackle in that little strip, you know? And, and more often than not, the plays were designed to go on the grass so we could play tackle. So, so, let's take this. Yes, every league, every brand of football has its purpose. What's exciting Absolutely. about the A7FL, what separates the A7FL, is that there's nothing else like it. And it's safer. Absolutely. So you Absolutely. get the excitement of the the football we grew up playing. You get the excitement of the hits. You get the excitement of the showmanship. You get the excitement of the antics. I mean, I've seen backflips up the sideline. I've seen you know, more celebrations there than God knows where. But there's still a seriousness to it, a substantive to it. And there's a great, amount of attention played to, not just the product in the field, but how we protect the players.
2: Absolutely. And, and yeah, absolutely.
3: you know, that combination is what makes the A7FL to me stand out in a way that no other tackle league, padded or unpadded, no other flag football league or indoor league. And, and I love indoor football. It's a lot of fun. It's fast paced. It's got its own kind of value to it for entertainment and, and football. But the combination that, that we have here is, is special.
1: So, Dario, since you've got the floor, I, want to, I did want to ask you a similar question. What has been your, your toughest thing that you've had to deal with in generating uh, stuff or dealing with A7 versus some of the things you've done historically?
3: I wouldn't say there's challenges, really. I, I think the biggest part is containing my excitement. <laughs> and wanting things to happen faster because I know the game really well and I've seen it and I've talked to players who have discovered or rediscovered their passion for the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, some guys I played football with are out there without pads playing a seven NFL. And, and I'm really in a hurry to, to share the, the impact of it and the excitement of it. So, you know, I think there is a little bit of a stigma, you know, if you're not the NFL, if you're not college ball, what are you? So, you know, that's something I think, you know, is, is going to change gradually. You're not gonna change that overnight, but I, I think Kelly did a good point of, of addressing, you know, some of the credibility issues and some of the uh, you know, professionalism issues, you know, but, but here we have that different. I mean, we, we have very specific branding standards. The, the, the folks who are behind the A7 fl at the top are very meticulous. About how the brand is put out there, uh, team names, team likeness, you know, contents reviewed before it's approved. The branding guidelines they develop uh, are among the most uh, substantive and and strict that I've seen, uh, and that tells me you know these guys know what they're doing. You know, so I I think more than anything, probably my biggest challenge is is containing my excitement and and allowing myself to be patient a little bit as we grow this under you know the right foundation so that as we do and we start to kind of build floor on top of floor you know we know that it's it's gonna last and it's gonna be sustainable and it's gonna be something that scales in a way that I think none of us even can imagine even you Derek even with your vision as big as it is I don't think we we, we, any of us are capable of thinking about the levels that this can go given what the product is.
1: So when I tell you that I think I have a trillion dollar idea, you think I'm not dreaming big enough?
3: No, I think you're being cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: and that's why he got the job, ladies and gentlemen.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: So uh, st- sticking with uh, this topic and Dario, I just want to throw something at you real quick. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, in this fall and spring of 2022 and the spring of 2023, the pro season, what are you most excited about?
3: I mean, listen, we have new teams, so that brings new talent, new excitement. We have people from all over the country Excited about Las Vegas and Reno football, that so much so that they're leaving jobs and their hometown city to come play football in Nevada, right? So I'm I'm excited as heck to see these these national talents, you know, bringing their uh, skill set to Nevada, and I'm also excited about seeing the expansion of these teams because it allows more players, you know, from within the state of Nevada, neighboring states who are very, very, very talented, they get to get showcased. You know, yeah, the TV ratings are gonna be exciting. Yeah, the sponsorship dollars are gonna be great. Yeah, some of the events that we're working on are going to be, I think, even bigger than what we've talked about. But I'm most excited about seeing these young men who are passionate about football, who care about playing football the right way, get their opportunity to be seen, to be felt, to be experienced in, in a way that no other league in the country other than maybe the NFL and, and division one college football can give a player that kind of attention. And, and the other part too, is I want to see, cause I got to see kind of the, the playoff run with you guys D and, and I was really excited to, to know that there were players on the force and we did a little bit of fundraising around that. And I got to see a little bit of the back of house in terms of, all the logistics that had to happen to get everyone to the East Coast to play. shit, yeah. (laughs) You know, and so I'm excited to see that operation scale so that when, you know, Nevada is competing for, you know, the title, which I have no doubt one of our teams is going to be on that stage again, you know, can we improve that operation? Can we travel better? You know, can we make a bigger impact you know, from a social media perspective, from a TV perspective, from a performance on the field perspective in the moments that matter the most. That's what I'm most most excited to see. So
1: what you're saying is with your marketing prowess, you're gonna find us somebody who's got a private jet to move these guys around, huh? Is that what I heard? Hey, I've learned not to say no.
3: All right. You know? I mean, there, there, there are some limits, of course. There are some limits. It's know? not but only that. that. that young man I should have said no more often. I would have been out of trouble much, much longer. Right. But uh, I, I, listen, I, I, the reality is, I, I think any brand who isn't interested in, in the A7FL uh, doesn't have uh, an understanding of what marketing is about. You know, we have such you know deep 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 credibility with that coveted age group 18 to 34 men right uh brands all over the country are figuring out how to access these young men because they spend they're influencers they help shape culture they help shape public opinion they help brands be discovered and we have a foothold in that age group and not just people who watch but how long they watch and then when they're done watching how much they rewatch And then we're done rewatching how much they share and talk about it and post about it. And that's not something that is easily replicated and, and you can't fake that that is all organic to what we're doing at a seven FL in particular within Nevada. I can't speak for the other areas. I do know they have top notch, uh, talent and, and, and growing. Uh, but what I've seen in here is that our, stronghold with 18 to 34 men and that includes men of color that includes you know hispanic that includes uh non-ethnic that includes all social demographics all socioeconomic demographics you know that intersection and 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 how that kind of plays out for brands and gives brands access to those young men uh who are influencers you know that that allows anything to be possible
1: it, you kind of got me s- sitting over here speechless because I'm just thinking about the impact that if once the message gets out and obviously that's in our sponsorship deck, because we do have two times the viewership of 18 to 34 males and the a 7 NFL, then the NFL does. And the, the problem is the corporate sponsors don't, don't have a direct line to us or even know that we have a larger market share than the NFL does for that coveted demographic like once that word gets out that's a rocket ship for us is, is what i'm Absolutely. hoping so 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 dario thank you for recounting that because so those are some of the things that i don't think about too much right i'm, I'm right. long-term vision seeing what's in front of my face making moves making sure i'm always going towards the end game but dario sees the path and uh, that's why we we do so well together so right so so kelly i want to ask oh, kelly casey did you have something else before i asked kelly the same
0: well yeah, I was going to say, you know, Dario touched on maybe, you know, the travel being a little better next year and all that. Let's not forget, Derek, you now have a travel agent at your discretion, too. That's right. right. Here. So, so shameless hopefully that plug. Travel will be will be a lot of <laughs> a lot, a lot smoother. So
1: Casey, drop your socials, man. If you got the, if you got it up and <laughs> yep. running, um, promote it, bro. Don't, yep. don't sell um, yourself
0: short. Yeah, um, I am a travel agent, a Cox Clan travel agency on Facebook and also i do have internet radio that i do i am khlc internet radio on youtube as well (laughs) um and my wife is actually in the process of working on some merch and Derek, the first a7fl nevada logo t-shirt should be a picture in your text message box within the next few days Um, she's actually getting ready to throw one on a on a t-shirt uh sublimate it see what it looks like send it to you see what you think and then if it fits you, we may just send it to you and let you have it.
3: You know, Casey, I'm not surprised that you have an internet radio show because you have a face for radio, for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hear that all the time.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, let me just say, Dario's shit-talking game is next level. So
0: <laughs> I do have a face for radio, I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: you got the voice where it, too. <laughs> And, and see, Daryl, management 101, chop them down and then build them right back up. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, there you go. So, so Kelly, same question for you. What, what, for the fall and spring upcoming seasons, are you most excited about?
2: I'm excited to, of course, see the teams develop, see the growth overall, but I, I'm looking at it more as an individual level. I love to... Get to kind of know players, know coaches, know people at our facilities, and watch how those relationships grow. Um, you know, seeing how a player changes over one to two seasons, you know, the, I don't want to say maturity because then it kind of implies that they're immature, but as they continue to grow within their craft, but also to grow within their character, to grow within their professionalism, to grow within their, being mentored and becoming a mentor to the young eyes that are watching them, um, you know, and that's not just as the players; that's coaches. It's us as as um, division managers. Uh, so that growth, I'm really excited for. I mean, I definitely know out of my time throughout football, some of the relationships I've developed and the people I've met, how different we all are from when, you know, the very first time we might've looked at each other and said, Oh, I don't like them. Or, you know, what have you like, or we just hit it off and it's been a great thing, but to see those relationships become part of these people's lives. And as whenever the day comes that they do transition out of a seven, either to a professional, football career in let's say usfl nfl whatever or if they just kind of go to coach or they go to home to be a family person to see that they're walking away from the a7 into whatever endeavor it is better than they came in that's what i'm excited to see
1: you think that's going to happen in 22 and 23 huh
2: absolutely because right. i've already I I, I've already seen even, you know, just as we talk with the coaches, um, even sometimes on text messages, you know, it's so two dimensional, so we can kind of imply or think we know what they're talking about. But just seeing how the coaches interact, seeing how, um, you know, talking to different players and how guys I've known for a long time are kind of hitting me up and, and their interest, how it's changing, you um, I definitely see that happening and I do see it kind of like, as Dario said, like it's very organic. It just happens. Um, And so I kind of bring it down a level as we continue to let these guys and women that are involved in the leagues and what we do, let them grow. And I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed to see from day one until the end of seasons, how much people change, but because the standards are so high here, because the amount of care that is actually put in the investment of the ownership to the coaches, to the staff, into one another, and then into our players, it's genuine. And that makes the outcome different Then, yes, whenever they do transition out, if it be next month, or if it be two, three, four, five years from now, I definitely know that that's going to happen because I see it happening every day.
1: Yeah, you got a point. These guys are most of the guys I know already have better jobs this year than they did last year, just because of some of the things that we talk about in their players meetings, you know, and, and conversations that we have on, on Facebook messenger. Hey coach, I'm looking to get out of what I'm doing. I want to, you know, I have a, a, a potential for doing videography. Can you set me up with somebody that can show me how, how to get into videography? And of course we got our videography team. I'm like, look, come on inside, come upstairs, see how we're doing it during our games. See how one's being done. Bootstrap. Talk to our guy. Let let him mentor you, and you guys connect up. You know, this, I, I want to be an electrician. Was the was the call I got from somebody yesterday? I'm like, I know every electrician in Las Vegas. That's my day to day business. So, that that person's going to be electricianing by the end of this month. So, you're absolutely right. We we are helping young men at this point, and our young and our young women staff members as well grow for themselves and for their families. In, inside and outside of football, so that's that's something obviously to be especially excited about. I tell everybody the best thing about our the, the players in our game are the best thing about our league. You know, we can and, we can do everything we want to development wise. We can do everything we want to with putting money into. We can create all these platforms. With it, but without those young men taking the field and giving it their all, we're nothing. So they are the best part of who we are.
2: Absolutely. Well, I think what's nice is that the environment, and and this may be league-wide. Again, I haven't really dealt with anybody else. I've only dealt with like one or two people outside of the Nevada Nevada division. Um, But the fact that the environment that has been created is welcoming for change, and it's welcoming for personal growth, and that players feel comfortable to come to you. You know, a lot of environments, especially in sports, players might not feel that comfort zone and that care. And I think that on my end, because I'm dealing sometimes with players and different things, that's a huge tool that I have um, because not every environment is like that. So I, I really have to give kudos to you because you definitely take a personal investment into these guys. And that's something they might not get anywhere else. And just that environment in itself is second to none and it's it kind of like on the field we have the non-padded tackle football which isn't anywhere else on the back side you have an ownership and management team that will genuinely invest in the betterment of the individual and you don't really get that anywhere else either
1: right on that's awesome we lost i was gonna say we Go lost ahead. Dario. I, I sent him a text. I, I didn't know if he had to bounce. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, a, he's, a very busy. Big... Yeah, he sent
0: it. He sent a message in chat and said he had to uh, step out for a minute. So
1: okay, no sweat. All right, cool. So, uh, so, so
0: I was t- gonna say from an outsider perspective and from a fan perspective, even um, as more and more people start to get their eyes on this league and on this division, I think that's what's gonna draw them to it is because they're gonna start to realize it's not only about the players being on the field and doing something, but they're also doing, I mean, we're helping them grow outside of football and helping them grow their families as well and support their families better as well. And not every football league out there is doing that or trying to do that, at least not in the public eye. They're not.
1: So Casey, while we're on the topic, what are you most excited about for this coming season? And let's say from your perspective, not just the league.
0: Oh, from my perspective, um, I'm excited to see the way Nevada grows. Um, I'm excited to be, honestly, I love calling football, so I'm excited to be able to call four games next season, at least instead of two, um, be be out there more, get more involved with it, um, get our teams out there more. I'm interested to see some of these uh, new teams and their logos, their designs, um, so that my wife can start working on that as merchandise as well. I'm interested to see where her merchandise goes and how how that helps grow as well.
1: That's awesome. So uh, I guess since we're dropping bombs, I'll, I'll, since we haven't dropped too many bombs, I'll take care of the two that we need to hit our three bomb uh, quota. So uh, number one, I am doing everything under the sun within my power to get our video and on-screen graphics and broadcast situation together so that, next season if the opportunity for a third game of the week comes on for the for what will be the four o'clock pacific hour that that will always be from las vegas at wherever our stadium is so that means casey let's go right (laughs) (laughs) So, so it even and the way i've structured it with the 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 league is even if we have the blessing of having big rob and matt and Corey calling the game that you and I will still be involved and potentially be the on-field reporter position. So we can take, you know, the uh, Aaron Andrews or Krista Thompson or Booker McFarlane on the field, interviewing players, giving player perspective on field perspective and things of that nature. So we can okay, have an so even bigger broadcast. So it's kind of like a Sunday night football type feel, not just a regular broadcast. Game.
0: Let's go. I'm ready.
1: I know you are so so, so none, none of that's set in stone it's just things that I'm pushing for things that I'm asking for the league has been open to the conversations and receptive I feel like we're both working toward us and the league are working toward that goal so until uh but nothing obviously is even close to being official that is just a goal of mine so that yeah. is I guess bomb number one okay. uh Number two would be if that does happen, we're going to have a lot more teams coming into Vegas to get on that four o'clock game time hour. So uh, rather than just seeing, you know, a Vegas team versus an L.A. team or uh, a Vegas team versus a Reno team, we might get some other. Obviously, everyone wants to see Force versus No Tribe rematch. I think there's. I want to see that week one. (laughs) Yeah, I want
0: that to be the week one opener.
1: (laughs) Well, I I, I think, Mm -hmm. and maybe this is another bomb. I think week one opener with the uh, reworked Insomniacs and them grabbing at least two superstars from the East Coast, and the Insomniacs being a, a, a team that didn't get a single win last season. Uh, The league has actually asked me if I thought it would be a better idea for our game of the week if we end up having it in that four o'clock hour to make sure that it's Insomniacs versus Force. Force being the perennial champion of the league and Insomniacs having these two new superstars and building their new squad going through a fall season and Force not playing a fall season, where will those two squads be week one when we kick off the
0: spring? That would be interesting. I'd be down with that too, yeah. Yeah
2: that will definitely set the tone i mean i know you know seeing what the teams are doing and seeing how they're working and the hustle and drive that both teams the force and the insomniacs are putting in it that definitely will set the tone for an amazing season
1: that's what's up
0: um and i was talking i had said earlier i talked to Corey hammond on the phone he dropped a little birdie in my ear but i wanted to kind of he said there might have been another East Coast guy come in West Coast, but he wasn't sure if he had made it official yet or not.
1: So the, the two that have made official announcements are Rashad Davis, formerly of the Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers. Uh, he, last right. played a, he last played a seven fl in 2020 and self-proclaimed record holder for number of touchdowns in a game. There's some disputing of what that might have been. So but. The dude got six touchdowns in a game. Whether it's a wreck or not, it's damn good. So we'll, yeah, we'll take that. Right, We'll and, take it all day. <laughs> and then his social media says the uh, uh, return single season record holder. Whether that's right or not, the fact that he had eight return touchdowns in a season is pretty big. Uh, wow. And then uh, Mark Cooper, who was most recently on the Orlando Ghosts and is widely uh, you know, looked at as the top three athlete in Florida football in the A7FL. So With both of those guys coming to play for the Insomniacs, there's two more guys that we've been in conversations with uh, that have not committed but said that they will likely come. But until that were to happen, we we would never make that announcement or put them on blast like that. And just so we're all clear, Nevada, the Nevada division, is not marketing to any divisions outside of Las Vegas asking guys to
0: come our way. No, they're asking to come here.
1: Yeah, but we have put it out there that we will facilitate and help them find jobs, help them find housing, uh, and make sure we put them in the best situation for their life if they decide they do want to come out this way. And people will see Las Vegas as the land of opportunity, and as I've told everyone who listen, Las Vegas has become and cemented itself as the sports capital of the world, and we'll say sports and entertainment capital of the world. Oh yeah, Pe- people say, well, you've only got you know professional, you only got the NFL and and NHL and WNBA, like you don't even have, you know, NBA and Major League Baseball. And and I tell them, yeah, but every place that does doesn't have the most prize fights, UFC and boxing. They don't host five different uh, division championships for NC two A college and uh, uh, football and basketball. Who else? What other city, worldwide, has that many max capacity sporting events? Going on in a in a week. It's only Vegas. I, I I actually got quoted in the RJ, the Review Journal, our local our local uh, newspaper. I actually went to a Raider game uh, and then walked from uh, Allegiant Stadium, which is to uh, T-Mobile Arena, which is about a two and a half three mile walk. Once you go up and down all the stuff, and as I'm walking, I'm taking off my Raider jersey, even though I'm not a Raider fan, putting on <laughs> my Golden Knights jersey and a reporter saw me and he pulled me to the side he's like hey did you attend both games I'm like yeah yeah I actually uh, had my kid brother at the first game he took off and I'm walking over here to meet my wife for this game and he's like do you have season tickets for both I'm like no I just happen to have tickets for both today but we will have season tickets for virtually everything in town and we got to manage this stuff this is this is a lot of time management that needs to go on oh oh by the way We've got professional lacrosse. Who else has got that, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Shout out to the Desert Dogs. Can't wait to see you guys in the field. So, Kelly, while we got you. Yes. Women's football.
2: Women's football is amazing. Right? I I cannot tell you enough about the ladies who play football. And I will hands down say that there are many of them that I would be glad to put up against certain men's teams. Um, Whoa. Oh, hello. These girls, I mean, I'll say this, they show up to practice, they pay their team fees, they hustle for their team, they're there for each other. Um, You know, on a team of 50, you usually have 35 to 40 at minimum at practice. Um, And I mean, I was astounded when I went to my first practice with the LA Warriors, I—I I mean, I—I I can't say enough about these ladies and the things that they do in the community for all athletes, but also to welcome in girls into football, girls into other sports. Um, I attended Gridiron Girls. Uh, Dr. Jen Welter put it on. She brought in a lot of NFL guys. The Warriors were there with the girls. I mean. And it was amazing to see the young ladies, the little girls attending, their, their eyes light up as they see these women strap on these pads and helmets and really duke it out. I mean, I, I just, I cannot say enough about what they do and their heart.
1: So that, that is a perfect introduction was- and, and a push into my segue of, do you think the women that you have seen and have been involved with would be interested in playing our brand of football in a women's league
2: i think without a doubt they would i mean i had many of, of my girls from the warriors they had we played in opposite seasons and they were asking hey can we come can we come join your your league like they love football they'll play flag they'll play some of the girls play tackle and then they also play the lingerie league. Um, I don't know why it would not be equally, if not more successful than the man, you know, the men's teams. Um, I, I, I definitely see a market for it. And the women who are out there playing tackle ball, they love it, they live for it. Um, it's like I say, they're a whole different beast. And I say beast oh. in the most respectful and loving way. These girls are amazing.
1: So while we're sitting here talking about it, let's just – crystal ball, money's no limit. What do you think it would take to form a league in Las Vegas or in Nevada that had enough women in it to put on an actual season?
2: I really think it would be – I mean, it's going to take time. It's going to take time getting them out to maybe – bringing them out in fall and letting them see what we do actually taking time for the personal. I think it's going to take time more than money. It's going to take time more than anything. It's just, but I think once they see it, they're going to live for it. It's going to be a whole different thing, especially if we play opposite the seasons they play. Um, I think it's just, it, it will, organically, it'll organically happen once they have the proper introduction. And I think that without a doubt, a league, I, I don't think, I wouldn't even doubt that some of the girls would like it more than they like what they play with tackle.
0: I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, we did kind of, we've kind of already gotten some of those women's leagues eyes onto our league last season. I believe we had some guests from the lingerie League out at some of our games there in Vegas last season.
1: Oh, definitely, my my uh, good friend, the Vegas girl, who's one of the social media influencers, yep. who we invited out to the game brought her friend with her i said look bring whoever you want we'll set you up give you whatever you need for the day and one of the one of the people that she brought with her was her dear friend who played in the lingerie league and i i learned that day that that was a vegas centric league that all the games were played in vegas and i you know i had heard about it didn't never the time i saw it was during the super bowl i guess they had a place where you can pop over on a halftime and check it out And uh, i was at a football party and people were switching over and checking it out and it looked like really good football i didn't even i didn't understand why they were in lingerie because it looked like it would hurt when they get tackled and i understand the appeal of them being in lingerie but you couldn't see much of anything that the lingerie would reveal so it seemed like a waste to me like you should protect these girls a little better anyway but uh, it was very exciting and, and i enjoyed what i saw but i had no idea that the, the entire league was being played and built around las vegas so Unfortunately, I I guess I had not expanded my horizons enough to allow that into my life. Now's a different time. I think if someone told me that there were women playing football right now, I'd say, of course, I'm at the game. What are you talking about? So, there's
2: there's a huge difference between what the lingerie girls do and then also the, the women tackle leagues. Although lingerie does play tackle, they definitely, I'm not taking, and a lot of the girls that play the lingerie leagues. They're actual, like I say, I, my coach, my last season of the Sharks was actually my quarterback on the Warriors. Um, And I mean, these girls, you would never guess that they had not played in, I mean, I I obviously don't want to say the NFL, but I mean, these, some of these women, I, some of my guys were afraid of them because (laughs) they played ball. Um, and I right. would have my guys go out and do chains and do different things, and and the coaches would kind of cross over. But um, seeing the the tackle leagues, oh wow, yeah, it, it's right. I definitely think we could do something and, with the ladies that would grow without much effort. Well, oh yeah, for me, and
0: and football can... with
2: the ladies, football
0: with the ladies seems to be coming more and more popular anyway. Um, kind of while we're on the subject, there was a story. Back home from where I'm from, close to where I was living in Oklahoma. I lived in Seminole. There's a small school there, Wawoka, and their high school football team was on the verge of having to forfeit a high school football game because they didn't have enough players. And two senior high school girls stepped up, put on pads and helmets, actually played the game on special teams and on offense and defense and helped the team actually not only not forfeit the game, but win the game as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) So and that's small town, Oklahoma, you're talking like class a class Two a little itty bitty small high school ball and two high school senior girls said, you know what, we'll strap on them pads and helmets and we'll go out there with the boys. And they went out there and played with the boys, got hit like the boys and helped their team to a victory. So that
1: sounds (laughs) like a damn good movie or at minimum a lifetime after school special of some sort.
2: Well, and you got to (laughs) figure Dr. Dr. Welcher, she played, I believe, on a men's team in Texas we have a, there's a couple ladies that have played on semi-pro leagues in, on men's teams in Los Angeles. Um, so the crossover has definitely happened and the ladies being able to branch out and kind of have their own, um, their own thing and the fact that it's been accepted and it's growing. And I mean, it's another area of football that is really growing leaps and bounds. Um, but I really see that, you know, if that's a vision that we could put on our vision board, I, I definitely think that we're going to find a people, a group of people that are very much interested.
1: Yeah, put it up there. Oh, yeah. One of the things that <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm working on in the background, is, well, maybe, I don't even know if it's the background. I think I announced this before. So uh, our partnership with CSN, the College of Southern Nevada here, we're one of their uh, major athletic boosters. And one of the things that they have been authorized to do is to develop a seven-on-seven women's f- scholarship flag football team for their JUCO what it's going to take to fund that is a $2 million endowment uh, that will put that into a deposit and they can just build off the interest and give the, uh, the, the, the ladies scholarships based on the interest alone, develop the field and give them a place to play with that $2 million endowment. So I've challenged the Las Vegas Raiders to, to be the, the group that does that and kind of hoping that they come back with something positive or at least a portion, and then we can fundraise the rest. But it, it, Women's football is so on our radar that I'm trying to personally figure out a way to fund through our contacts the college uh, sponsored sc- college scholarship version of flag football, so that they can then develop into you know professional football players. Hopefully, down the road, as as flag football starts to develop its national prominence and has some professional leagues that are developing.
0: And I'll just throw this out there. Women's football sounds like it would be and looks like it would be interesting to call as well. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, it, so women's sports, I, I, let me just say basketball a, a little different because the, the talent disparity in basketball still seems to be so great that it's noticeable on the court when you have people like Asia Wilson who ball like you're expecting other people to ball but the other people on her team aren't, don't look like that same way. There's right. a little bit of disparity that you see still physically on the court. I don't see that in football or or yeah, no. soccer mm-hmm. or lacrosse or or softball for that matter. I don't know why it shows up like that for me in basketball, but on every right. other sport, every other major sport, I don't I don't seem to see that same. And I guess that speaks to just how crazy talented the 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 sport of basketball and the men that play in the NBA actually are because that's you know you see that and it becomes commonplace to you and when you see another professional it doesn't look like that it's noticeable right. I and mean, they're just they're just that good I guess is the easiest way to put it but uh so yeah uh gosh I feel like I left us on an island Casey you have anything else hanging out there that we were supposed to talk about today because I, I got one other thing since we've got a couple more minutes before we've already rounded up the the hour
0: I was just going through your notes to see if there was anything we missed and not really anything that I think that we missed that we need to touch on. All right.
1: Well, then I just want to talk about quickly uh, the amount of conversation on the 301 podcast that's happening about Nevada now. So Casey, Casey, Kelly, we've done our job. We put this podcast together to get them to be thinking about and talking about us. And it is working. (laughs) So it is. I just want to send a quick shout out to uh, Casey and Big Rob and Matt Ryan and uh, put my vote out there. what the hashtag for me. It's Thick Boy Season. That's the one that I choose. I, I actually yep. bought three shirts: one for my wife, two for my two for myself, and wore it to a UNLV football game the other day. And I had people coming up to me telling me they needed that shirt. So, uh, I'm telling you guys, get your A7FL merch and wear it proudly because people want people are looking for it. All right.
2: So, I have a question for you, Derek. Okay, well, look. If I may well, ask, why you not? Ask us, what are we looking most forward to in the fall and the spring? Absolutely. What are you looking most forward to as kind of the, the captain of the ship? What is most exciting for you? What are you looking most forward to for the next
0: year? he's the pilot of the 747 let's get it right there he's (laughs) this is a 747 and he's flying the plane all
1: right it's a it's a 7v7 whatever that is Mm. uh so the answer for me is super easy the weekend of february 5th pro bowl weekend we are driving towards hosting what will be a Division versus division all-star football tournament held in uh, Bullhead City, Arizona, where Kelly has a, a spot she likes to hang at the Anderson Automotive Arena. If everything goes off the way we want on Pro Bowl weekend, which will be held in Las Vegas, Nevada. So if everything goes right and all the cards fall exactly where they need to, all the chips fall exactly where they need to, we will be hosting a live televised event on hopefully some crazy major network that they drop loads of money on that will get us to fund our division and potentially our overall league and showcase for a weekend during the pro bowl weekend, the talents of our best players from each division. So the way I've structured it is a 18 play uh, playoff style bracket weekend. Similar to uh, the first round of March Madness, right, with, a, with the round of 64, but down to eight. And uh, so the best, the top 20 players from Nevada, the top 20 players from LA, the top 20 players from Baltimore, from New Jersey, from Florida, from DC, from the existing A7FL leagues before the expansion this season, those eight divisions will send the best of the best 20. They'll descend on Vegas, drive out to Laughlin, stay uh, stay in the hotels in Laughlin, go over, take water taxis over to the arena, and then put on an absolute show with their best ballers and around the fans. And we're going to put on concerts with a list uh, a list performers before before or after the football. So I am ultra excited about seeing that whole thing come together because once that does we are the map we don't need to put ourselves on the map the map we will be the map that everyone else is trying to get on
0: absolutely i'm all yeah. for it i'm excited Oh,
2: uh, i do I, I yeah that's awesome thank you for sharing
1: yeah. absolutely hopefully you feel my goosebumps because i still got them yeah <laughs> i've told that story 20 times and i still get goosebumps
2: yeah.
1: all right well kelly uh, kelly casey you guys everything else before we wrap for the
0: for the evening no, I'm just excited for what the next season holds, even the fall season, to see some of the new players and the new talent that come out in the fall to kind of learn the style of football and get familiar with the teams. And then how that talent transitions over into 2023 and to see how all that new talent and existing talent combine uh, just makes our division that much better and that much stronger.
1: Yeah, we're all excited for that. And thank you for saying so. This is going to be a fantastic fall. We didn't get to have a fall season last year. So really excited to see that come together. Excited to see the new coaches really grab hold of what the potential is. And, you know, they're asking all the right questions privately and publicly and, you know, things are coming together the right way. So super excited about that.
2: I think the only thing I want to add is, I mean, I, I'm so thankful for the opportunities like kind of obviously on behalf of myself, but also all of the people involved. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, each day, each week, each month, we're getting better. So the vision of, of what you have put together, the league has put together. I mean, it, it, the the best way I would kind of wrap up everything is, is I'm so grateful.
1: I'm grateful for you. You are part of this family, and glad to have you on board. I can't believe we did the entire last season without you. I don't know how we got through. Right, and with you on board, I just know it's going to be twice as good, and I'm super excited about that. And as Casey and I get better at our jobs, you're already good at yours. We're gonna rock. We're gonna we're gonna rock this shit. Is where we're at. <laughs> right. Right. All right, Casey. So, you want to take us out, or
0: you yeah? Got so 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 I'll go ahead and uh, take us out. Um. Thank you guys tonight for joining us. Thank you, Kelly, for coming on and giving us a piece of your time um, and a little bit of your insight on what you're doing with the division as well. Um, For me, I'm Casey Cox. He is Derek Duncan, Double D, the division owner of Nevada, the man that makes all this possible. And for that, until next time, we'll see you on the other side of the ball.